Hi, welcome to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. It is Monday, January 2nd, and I'm Jessica Steinberg. I'm joined today by political correspondent Tal Schneider and military reporter Manny Fabian. Hello, good morning to you both. Hi, good morning. Hi, Jessica. Hi. We'll talk today about the tension felt by the various ministers at ceremonies for the new government, as well as specific warnings offered by the outgoing defense minister. We also have Itamar Ben-Gvir's Temple Mount plans and Israel Air Force strikes at Damascus Airport. Before we get into all of that, let's take a quick break. Do you or your clients have a commercial collection matter that's going nowhere? The Sarachuk Law Firm specializes in the most challenging collection matters, whether it is a single matter or a portfolio of cases. They are based in New York with relationships around the world. Sarachuk's proprietary databases and tried and proven methods have earned them an unmatched reputation for success in getting their clients what they're owed. They work on a contingency fee basis, so they're only compensated when they succeed. The Sarachuk Law Team strongly supports Israel. You can reach the Sarachek team at www.sarachechlawfirm.com. That's S-A-R-A-C-H-E-K lawfirm.com or at 646-403-9775. The proceeding is an attorney advertisement and past results are no guarantee of future performance. Okay, Tal, set us the scene at the recent ministerial handovers. How thick was the tension at these ceremonies handing uh, power over from one minister to another? You know, really tensioned. Uh, ceremonies of uh, transferring the ministries began uh, yesterday, Sunday, and they are ongoing today. And you could have seen in uh, many of those, um, you know, it's not a huge ceremony, it's just like a sort of... Um, gathering to turn over the ministries. You could have seen by the minister's uh, speeches that um, the new government tends to cancel everything they can in order to make sure that the public knows that, you know, everything that the change government did is off the table. For example, in the Ministry of Education, we could have could have seen the new Minister of Education, uh, Yoav Kish, uh, a staunch supporter, of course, of Netanyahu, uh, saying we are going to have a new administration, everything is going to be new, nothing that you've done is going to stay in. I mean, he was very blunt to the exiting um, Minister mm-hmm. of Education, Ifat Shasha Biton. Let me just stress that the Ministry of Education is the biggest budget in the government, in any government. So this is probably the, one of the most important ministries, and you, ha- you, you have like two and a half million kids in Israel, and lots of parents, of course. And uh, so it, it is a big, big um, portfolio for him, even though some authorities were stripped off the Ministry of Education. He said, for example, that the Bible education going to be put back into place as if the outgoing government canceled them. This is not true. Of course, they did not cancel Bible studies. But that was a campaign slogan from the Likud saying Bible mm-hmm. studies were canceled and so on. So... He stressed that, so Jessica, another very severe intention of the new government was to cancel immediately the taxes that was put on plasticware and soft drinks, like sweet soft drinks. The new finance minister, uh, Betzalel Smotrich, coming from the religious Zionism, said yesterday, this is his first step. You wonder why cancel 
taxes on plasticware and soft and, and sweet soft drinks on his first mm-hmm. day and not to deal with the cost of living, the problem with, you know, um, you know, high consumer uh, prices and the cost of living in Israel is very, very high. Why won't you tackle those unbelievable issues here? And, and the reason for that was a campaign promise, the new government, the ultra-Orthodox, uh, specifically uh, United Torah Judaism and Shas, they thought through the entire last year that the plasticware tax and the soft drink taxes, those two taxes, were done in order to hurt them specifically. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a huge problem because, for example, you know, they already have, the numbers already show that when you are, Put, when you put more taxes on, on sweet drinks, it lowers the consumptions. And with that, you can lower such diseases as diabetes and other diseases. So, you know, immediately they took off those taxes. And this is a, you know, a statement. This is a statement just right. to do, to cancel, cancel everything that the last government did. Even though, even if it was a good step, they just want to take it out. So you see this tension. Obviously, opposition leaders at the moment, such as Lieberman and uh, Gidon Saar um, and, and Lapid, they, they claim that if they will be back in power, they will cancel the cancel immediately. So, I mean, right. Right. Yeah. This is the atmosphere at the moment in Israel's Knesset. Okay. Thanks for that, Tal. And Manny, of course, you also wrote about outgoing defense minister, Benny Gantz, who gave a warning to Likud's Yoav Gallant, the incoming defense minister, about against permitting political interference in the army in their handover ceremony. What can you tell us about that? So the defense handover ceremony, which I attended, was quite an event compared to the other smaller ministries that held, uh, like Tal said, these small handovers. This had uh, an honor guard uh, from the army and uh, you know the army's band and everything. It was quite a big, big thing at the, at the defense ministry. Uh, but during this uh, handover ceremony, Gantz uh, warned Gallant uh, he said he needs to build a, a high and solid protective wall between the IDF and political involvement in operational decisions. Now, uh, Gantz is referring to, uh, namely, one Bezalel Smotrich, who, in addition to him being finance minister, has also been given another role uh, as a minister within the defense ministry. Um, he hasn't uh, done anything with it yet, but uh, according to the coalition agreements, uh, he will be basically in charge of the civil administration, which is a defense ministry unit uh, that is in charge of uh, civilian affairs in the West Bank and kind of the coordination with the Palestinians. Um, so this has kind of been taken out of the authority of the new defense minister out of Gallant. And also Itamar Bengvir, the new uh, minister in charge of police, uh, will be given kind of expanded authority and also over the uh, border police uh, division in the West Bank. Now, uh, it, it is still a police unit, but the um, for all operational and a- any any action on the ground is usually uh, done in coordination with the army. So uh, this unit being pulled away may change things on the ground for the army. So uh, Gantz warned Gallant of these kind of increasing uh, political uh, interferences with the army, and he said that. Uh, uh, he warned that it could um, disintegrate the defense establishment into all sorts of subunits um, and it would kind of ruin or disconnect the chain of command from you know, officers being able to order their soldiers to do something when we have politicians in between uh, adding to that. Now, Gallant himself uh, later met with uh, senior IDF officers, uh, the chief of staff and 
and uh, what is called the General uh, Staff Forum, which is all the major generals of the army. And uh, he reportedly said during that meeting uh, to the officers that there is only one chief of staff and uh, he won't allow this sort of political involvement. Did Gantz refer to anyone by name or it's just in general terms? Right. He didn't refer to Smotrich or Bengvir by name, but it was it was a very clear reference to them. Um especially with the reports in recent weeks with uh, with the coalition agreements of handing over these authorities. It, it, he was de- like without a doubt referring to it, but he did not mention uh, Smotrich or Bengford by name. And Tal, I was going to ask you, just following up on all of this, on these handover ceremonies, what is the reaction of the outgoing ministers, of the outgoing administration in these ministries? Do they say anything except for just pasting a smile on their faces? What do they do in these ceremonies? You actually had a very rough, tough ceremony yesterday between the incoming National Security Minister Itamar Benver and the outgoing, um, we used to call it the Homeland Security, now the name has changed, but you know, the outgoing Homeland Security Minister uh, Omer Barlev. Um, I mean, the handshake was barely done, um, the faces were very stiff, and they just, um, you know, Barlev uh, told, told the, the crowds that he's getting threats on his life um, since uh, he made some of the decision during his tenure, basically because Benvir was lashing at him um, mm-hmm. during during the tenure. I mean, Benvir was not even yet even uh, contender for that job, and he was already lashing at him. And uh, according to ben- Barlev, he started to receive um, threat on his life and his, his wife's life and so on. And Benvir replied during the ceremony, you are not the one who is getting, you are not the only one who is getting life threats. Me and my wife are getting life threats as well from anarchists, meaning lefties. Mm. So, I mean, really tense time. And uh, if, if you want to add to that about um, Benvir's um, intentions to go on Temple Mount, this is another uh, point of, con- of contentions uh, because obviously this may, this may cause havoc. Okay, let's talk about uh, Benvir's plans in the Temple Mount right after the break. Shalom, dear listeners. This is Daniil Hartman. And I'm Yossi Klein Halevi. Together we host the podcast For Heaven's Sake from the Shalom Hartman Institute. These have been some of the most challenging days for me personally, for Israel, and for the Jewish people. And one of the ways in which I've gotten through this is that I've found solace and meaning through discussions with my dear friend and study partner, Daniil Hartman. And I hope that the Times of Israel listeners will join us as we continue to tackle the pressing questions facing the Jewish people here at For Heaven's Sake, which has become the number one Judaism podcast. Well, Daniil, I'd also like to recommend the Identity Crisis podcast hosted by our colleague and friend Yehuda Kurtzer. It's a series of fantastic conversations with leading figures in Jewish life, thought, and culture. You know, for decades, the Hartman Institute has been a preeminent destination for Jewish ideas and learning. Now you can access Hartman Ideas on these chart-topping podcasts at shalomhartman.org forward slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll privileged to help guide you through these challenging and even unsettling times. Okay, so Tal, yeah, the new public security minister, Itamar Ben-Gvir, as you noted, is planning his visit to the Temple Mount this week, something he's done before, but now he's in his public political role as public security minister. Lay that out for us. Right, so on Tuesday, we have the uh, 10th of uh, Tevet, uh, 
um, a day of uh, fasting. It's not a big uh, fasting day. It's a minor, one of those minor uh, fasting days uh, in which they are uh, commemorating the first temple. It's a tradition to, to fast. And Ben-Gris already said uh, that he intends to go on Temple Mount once the fast starts. Uh, on his Twitter page, he said... I'm happy for the media to to be so um, intensified about that, and everybody wants to know the date. But I will let will let you know when I do it. Um, and I am um, my blessing is for the um, news channels to start every night at 8 p.m. with a discourse about Jews praying on Temple Mount, something like that. I, I'm not quoting mm. it this directly. Obviously, this is. A huge problem for the Jordanian and um, the king has just uh, spoken a couple of days ago in all of the media saying that if Israel wants to change the status quo on the mountain, this will have severe implications. He didn't say what, but obviously he's being threatening for, for the last couple of years, specifically during Netanyahu's term in office, to just... Um, um, break apart the peace accord with Jordan. This is a severe, uh, you know, direction. Mm-hmm. Netanyahu has tackled this in the past when uh, members of, from his party, such as Miri Regev and others, said that the status quo on the Temple Mount need to, needs to be changed such that Jews can pray. But Netanyahu was able to to hold that. This time, it's not coming from his own party. This is his coalition partners. That was their platform, changing the status quo on Temple Mount. Some of the people from the Jewish Power Party with, you know, um, the party of Ben Gvir, they keep saying it now when they are already in the coalition. Uh, for example, Tzvi Fogel just said a couple of days that we need to change the status quo on Temple Mount. Another member from uh, from Ben Gvir's party said yesterday that um, Israel is here to stay with respect to Judea and Samaria. It's never going to take give it back to anyone. It's uh, our land and so on. Um, you have plenty of uh, announcement coming from those parties. And, you know, with the month of Ramadan approaching, it's going to right. start at the end of March, but, you know, we're, we're still two and a half months um, ahead of that. But I, I think that Israel's police, which is under the guidance of Ben Gvir himself at the moment, is going to be very nervous about his visit to Temple Mount. So, yeah. I mean, just let me just stress one more thing. Mm-hmm. Previously, uh, in uh, riots or tension in the last couple of years, the police chief, the same police chief who is now in power, has blamed personally Ben Gvir in causing some of the riots because of his either Temple Mount or other um, maneuvering that he did in uh, Eastern Jerusalem. So, I mean, this is not things that were just, you know, quoted in the media. The police chief actually put the blame specifically personally on him for being the, um, you know, instigator of all of those riots. So now this is his boss and he is in the control of the police. And if we will, if we will have Israel's forces, need, will need to enter Temple Mount or, or something like that. This obviously can cause a lot of trouble with the Jordanian and with the Eastern Jerusalem's um, residents, the Palestinians, of course. Right. Okay. Thanks for that, Tal. And finally, Manny, we have a report that the Israel Israeli Air Force reportedly carried out a strike on Sunday night, last night, targeting Damascus International Airport, putting it out of service. Now that report was from the Syrian state agency news agency, correct? What 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 else do we know about this? So the airstrike, which took place at around two a.m. 
this morning, actually, um, targeted uh, reportedly the Damascus airport itself, as well as some surrounding sites. It's unclear currently uh, what exactly was hit, uh, but we do know a few things. One, that uh, two Syrian soldiers were killed. Uh, this is usually an indicator that um, a, a possibly an air defense system in Syria was struck. Usually when Syrian soldiers are killed, it's because the army or the, the Israeli air forces struck uh, air defense systems, but possibly they were killed um, from the other sites that were targeted. Um, the airport itself, the two runways were shuttered. Uh, the um, a, the uh, Syrian aviation authorities announced that the airport was closed, but uh, a couple hours later, the transportation ministry said that it would reopen after um, the repairs were made um, to, to the area and damage uh, was removed uh, from the site. So it is still unclear whether or not the the runways themselves were targeted or some other systems that um, keep the airport up and running were targeted and then they were fixed. Uh, we'll have to see in the coming days exactly what was targeted there. Uh, in general, uh, Israel doesn't comment on um, reports of strikes in foreign countries, uh, individual mm -hmm. ones at least, but uh, a few things. One, Israel admits at least to carrying out hundreds of airstrikes against Iranian um, assets in Syria and attempts to transport weaponry from Iran via Syria to Lebanon to the Hezbollah terror group. Um, and um, another thing is that the, the Damascus airport has been struck several times. In um, in the summer, it was hit uh, twice, uh, and that put it out of service at one point for two weeks uh, until the repairs were made. That uh, One of those strikes targeted the runway several times uh, because uh, Israel believes that this, sort of these large weapons are transported on cargo uh, lines um, from Iran to Damascus, and then from there they're trucked over to Lebanon, uh, other times they are brought into other airports or trucked all the way from Lebanon. We've seen strikes uh, against convoys on the border between Iraq and Syria before as well. But in general, yes, um, the Israel doesn't comment on specific strikes. So we'll have to see um, whether or not somebody maybe leaks information on this or Syria gives a bit more information as to what exactly was struck uh, late last night. Okay, remains to be seen. Thanks for that, Manny. Uh, so thanks, Manny. Thanks, Tal, for being on today's Daily Briefing. We're going to say goodbye for now, and we'll be back tomorrow with another. In the meantime, have yourselves a good day and happy listening. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. And thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein, and to Gili Amar for this out-of-this-world music. You can find us daily wherever you find your podcasts. And on our mothership, timesofisrael.com. Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. And be sure to check out our weekly feature, Times Will Tell, released every Friday. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.